I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. We are celebrating Bob Newhart's 86th birthday. Yes, sir. Bob Newhart will turn 86 years old on September 5th. Yes, sir. And you know what? If you're lucky... Go catch him. He's still performing, you know, maybe 20, 30 dates a year, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is performing around the country. He's still out there. I think he's still working on adding new material. Which is crazy. I'll add this personal anecdote. I was at a, my favorite record store. I have to give them a plug. Record Surplus, Santa Monica and Barrington. And I'm in there. And I look at this guy. I go, you used to be Bob Newhart. <laughs> I had to be trying to get a laugh. He laughs. And we, we chatted for a minute. And he was looking for CD players. I go, CD players? I mean, you want, like, Best Buy down the street. <laughs> he goes, no, I'm looking for one of my albums on CD. <laughs> but he wants to add, you know, some of the you know, lesser material or additional material to his act. So he was looking for CDs. That's so so we, we chatted for a minute. I even I said to him, um, do you have a dime? And he laughed, which <laughs> is a punchline to the great Diffusing the Bomb sketch. And he laughed. And the funny thing is... Kids today had no idea who Bob Newhart was. You know, Bob Newhart, albums. And this is at a record store. <laughs> so I actually said, you know the guy from the Big Bang Theory? <gasps> <laughs> but I will say, I was very happy that some kid bought two Bob Newhart records and he went over and he signed them and he couldn't oh, be that's nice. Good. He was see, great. That's, uh, see, and you know what's so crazy? I used to work for a year and a half. I worked next to that record shop. Yeah. So I'd obviously go in there every friggin' day. Right. Not once did I run into a friggin' Bob Newhart or a this or a that. Like, not once did that You know, happen. I'm trying to think. They've... I mean, I was doing this podcast at the time, but it's just still, it's like, come on. Um. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to running into, into Bob Newhart in a bakery. Yeah, right. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I should have bought, I have a bunch of Bob Newhart rec- uh, autographs, so... Yeah. But I should have like really. I should have spent three bucks and got another one. Right. Um, Real wow. quick, I should at least say who we got here. We're back with Jeff Abraham. Jeff Abraham is back on the show. We're in a room just filled with comedy. Records. In a secret location yes. known as the Abraham Comedy Archives. Yep. Since our last record. visit, we've added maybe about four hundred records. Yeah. <laughs> all alphabetized. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A bunch of rarities. Um, we actually, um, you know, we sell records every now and then when we acquire them through eBay. Mm-hmm. So, Bob Newhart, there's a very rare record. It was made as a Christmas gift for the Newhart Show. Yes. Um, and the cover is a parody of Sgt. Pepper. <laughs> um, and it was a giveaway to the cast and crew. So, oh, maybe 100 copies. Oh. So, I found a copy at Amoeba, uh-huh. another great record store, yeah. for four bucks. I said, what? I said, this is worth it. I think more than four dollars. Yeah, a little bit. Holy uh, shit. I did some googling and eBaying and searching. You know, they said it goes for about seventy bucks plus. Wow. Um, I put it online, mm-hmm. and it sold. I said and it didn't didn't do anything. It just like I think it started nine ninety nine. Didn't go anywhere. Oh come on. So then I shouldn't tell the story because <laughs> I know one of the guys who helped, who uh, was the underbidder on it. <laughs> I put it on my Facebook page and said, hey, there's a rare Newhart record. I saw that. Anyone see that? <laughs> apparently it worked. It shot up to $29. Oh, shit. Then it shot up to $104. Oh, goodness. All right, then. Um, <laughs> and then by happenstance, through another dealer I knew, happened to acquire another one, which mm-hmm. I purchased. Mm-hmm. And I contacted the underbidder. 
who turned out to be a Facebook friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that person who owns that record, shout out to Edie Adams' son, oh, Josh, Josh Mills. Mills. Good man. Owns, now owns this rare record. Very hard to son find. Son of a gun. i got to listen to it at some point. I'm, I'm just going to, I'll just guilt him into it. Yeah. I'll, I'll just tell him It's listen. a pretty rare record, so we, we <laughs> add things. But New Heart. <laughs> so good. You know, if we're talking about comedy records, you really have to talk about New Heart. You know, when you lay the foundation for comedy r- records, you know, you had Spike Jones doing novelty music. Sure. Um, but, you know, you had Stan Freeberg doing John and Marsha. Mm-hmm. But in terms of spoken word, I mean, the first three, the holy grail of the three is Mort Saul, mm-hmm. Shelley Berman, mm-hmm. and Bob Newhart. Yeah. Who, believe it or not, all three are still with us. Yeah. You know... You know, and I'm going to get mixed up on stats. So and I'm just impossible say it. to get on podcasts. I'm just going to point that out. I love them all, but impossible. Well, Mort is living up north in San Francisco near mm-hmm. the Throckmorton Theater. And Shelley. And Shelley is unfortunately not in the best of health. And, uh, and retired, retired. Right, like, retired. He won't do a thing. But I, I think his, I think his health, I, yeah. unfortunately. But you know what? He gave us so many great albums. Of course. You know what? Just play his albums and we all be happy. Exactly right. You know... I'll get mixed up who won the first Grammy, who got the first goal, but, I mean, those guys are really the mm-hmm. beginning of the Mount Rushmore of spoken word albums. Yeah. So Bob Newhart signs to Warner Brothers in 1959. So he had been a advertising man, radio DJ, in disc jockey, as they were called, in Chicago. And had made a demo tape, and his friend sent it to Warner Brothers, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is great. We want to record this at your next gig. Yeah. And he said, I've never played a nightclub before <laughs> in my life. So they recorded him down in Texas, and that was the first time Bob Ever Newhart ever did an album. Insane. It was for the, performed live, which was really for this album, mm-hmm. The Button Down Mind. And he had so little material, you know, there was an encore, people were screaming more, and he goes, what do you want to hear again? Yeah, right. <laughs> this is how new Bob Newhart was. And the album was such a hit, it hit, in 1960, the number one album on the pop chart. Not the comedy chart. Right, right. The pop chart. Yeah. That album eventually became the 20th best-selling comedy album of all time. That is insane. There, Then there's a sequel called The Button Down Mind Strikes Again. Yeah. At one time, Bob Newhart... Had the number two one and number two albums simultaneously on the Billboard charts. That's crazy. Not the comedy right. chart. Just on the friggin' that's insane. The last time somebody had that was Guns N' Roses. I thought when so, they yeah. released <laughs> Newhart had the best line. He goes, Hey Bob, did you hear Guns N' Roses took your place? You know, they're now they have an album one and two on the charts. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm glad it happened to a friend. <laughs> the great Bob Newhart. Um, the Button Down Mind, 1961 Grammy album for Album of the Year. Damn. Not comedy what? album, <laughs> Album of the Year, beating Sinatra. So crazy. One Best New Artist, while his second album won the best comedy performance of that year. Yeah. I mean, the stats are amazing. He literally ruled the early 60s. In 1961, he had an NBC variety show. Oh, he yeah. was on the Dean yeah. Martin show, the Ed Sullivan show. So he he ruled the period that period of the early 60s. You can find a lot of those clips on YouTube if you're. They're great. Yeah, they're stretched. great. The, new, the uh, Dean Martin shows are really good. Mm-hmm. 
And some of the stuff he's doing right off the album. Yeah. There's a J- Judy Garland bit called The Twelve Days of Christmas, which I don't think is on an album that routine. I don't routine. think I've ever heard it, no. Um, what we're doing today is doing Bob Newhart, the B-Sides, because uh, Warner's Rhino did an anthology called the Bob Newhart Anthology, and it has 24 cuts of, I would say, really, literally the best 24 cuts. It's about two cuts that, really? You forgot those two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the other ones are taken from his last two albums, The Windmills, which was recorded at the Ice House. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you that right title. Hold on. One, one, Some wonderful albums at the Ice the House. The Windmills are weak, Weakening, which was released in 1965 and recorded at the Ice House in Pasadena. It's so good. And the last album is called This Is It, aptly titled, 1967. <laughs> and they're not the classic. I mean, the first three albums, I mean... Almost every track from the anthology on the anthology are taken from those albums. Yeah, but these album these cuts are really good, and there's a yeah. I mean the omissions are. It's kind of surprising how they missed a couple of routines. Uh, one of the routines that was missing from the earlier albums is the invention of baseball, which is so yeah. surprising. Newhart was famous for you know was the greatest comedy team in the world. You think about it; these mm-hmm. one sided conversations. He worked very much in the great tradition of Bob and Ray, who I know mm-hmm. he loved. And these one-sided conversations he would do, and some of them were with you know, were with historical fi- figures, you know, sure. Abraham Lincoln, and one of my favorite routines, which is not on the Bob Newhart anthology, very surprising, is nobody will ever play baseball. Yeah, which is from uh, Bob Newhart, the button-down mind, mm-hmm. and it's the invention of baseball. <laughs> it's a conversation with Abner Doubleday, right? Which, um. <laughs> It's literally, I think it's one of my favorite routines, and how someone could not include that on a anthology is criminal. So enjoy. Nobody will ever play baseball. But below the shoulders. Yeah. No, no go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. It's it's a strike. Three strikes and you're out, and three balls. Not not three balls. Four balls. Why four balls, Mr. Double? <laughs> Nobody's ever asked you before. <laughs> if, or he may hit it. If he hits it, what happens? <laughs> he, he runs as far as he can be, before somebody catches it. As long as it stays what? As long as it stays fair. <laughs> and and what's, what's, what's fair, Mr. Double? <laughs> You've got these two white lines? Is this a rib? Is this one of the guys in the office? Who is it? Mr. Double A, that's that's the most complicated game I've ever heard in my life. And I like, too, that, you know, I mean, it's funny because I think we might have talked about this on a previous podcast because we've actually done a lot of Newhart just randomly lately. Uh, it's just how a lot of his tracks are, you know, they work on this kind of basic format. Here's a thing that we take for granted that he pitches as though somebody's hearing it for the first time. And that's like, that's not just a, that's not just um, an experiment in terms of comedy. It's a really good acting experiment to act like you're, you're hearing something for the first time and finding it hilarious. You know? You're, you're absolutely right. Such I mean, a good actor. The the great thing about Newhart is the audience is actually doing the punchlines for exactly, you. Exactly. They're yeah. filling in the, their own jokes. I mean, you talk about the act of the pause, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, 
Newhart loved Jack Benny, mm-hmm. another master of the pause. I mean, these are really acting pieces. I mean, it's a it, they're, they're truly a, a work of art to listen to it. And you're right, he does take things we take for granted, whether it be driving school mm-hmm. or you know, little simple things, and, and puts that little twist. You know, he was part of that era of comedians that were known as sick comedians. Yeah, yeah. Which was he, Freeberg, Shelley Berman, Mort Salt, that group. Who were, you know, that was a generation after the Alan King, mm-hmm. the mother-in-law jokes, who were a great generation sure. of comedians, but they were doing something a little different, a yeah. little off-kilter, a little left-of-center. And, I mean, Newhart I just did it so well, and it holds up so well. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and there was, like, a little, on occasion, like, a little darkness, and that was one of the things we talked about with his son, was just, like... That I don't think about enough is the fact that there are a couple couple bits are like you know they're they're really like there's uh, what 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 album is it on? He talked about the bit about suicide, like how you're talking somebody down, which I thought alleged psychology. Yes, there you go. Thank you. It's one of my favorite bits, and I I don't think I'd heard it before he mentioned it on the show, and then I obviously had to listen to it. Like, oh god, this is brilliant, just sheer brilliance, and obviously very dark, but in a very cute way. So nobody's going to be offended by that. You couldn't really be offended by anything Bob Newman. No, because he's such a. Milk toast, very simple. Kind of, right, it's not a screaming type comedian. It's not a loud. He's mm-hmm. not preaching. Yeah, you're right. It's a. It is probably one. Of, he's probably one of the most non-offensive comedians you will ever meet. Yeah, exactly. In exactly. person as well. Sure. Is that and now when you met him at the record store? Is that the first time you you'd ever met him? Or I had it? met him. Oddly enough, some of his best material was written by a guy named Milt Rosen. Uh-huh. Um, who knew he wrote some of this stuff when he was doing the the Dean Martin shows, okay. and then he eventually put it on albums. Mm-hmm. And Newhart didn't always credit him. Yeah, okay. And then he eventually had a sue, and so the credits now read Newhart Rosen. Okay, okay. So I had mentioned, oh, I knew Milt, and he goes, oh, you know, send him my best and all that. Mm-hmm. But no, we had chatted on a few times, and. He was really great. I mean, he's just such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what you see, what you get. You know, even the stammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. It's not put on. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the, the great story, which I have to say, he was doing, I think, the Bob Newhart show, the one where he played the psychologist. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the taping was running long. And mm-hmm. because Bob was talking a little slow. And they go, <laughs> Bob... You know, can you speed it up? You're, you know, you're going very slow. He goes, I just want to let you know that Stammer bought me a house in Beverly Hills, so <laughs> you need to follow me. <laughs> and it's absolutely right. That is one of the best shows of of all time. That is still stands. And up. again, because they captured his brilliance. You know, mm-hmm. there are many times where he is doing the Bob Newhart of the record. It's not mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. radical a departure mm-hmm. of what. He did. In fact, I haven't watched the entire show in a long time and sure. the season, but I bet you if you watch some of the early shows, you will see that he's. They will cut into a scene and he's on the phone with a hundred percent with yeah. a patient. And, yep. and I think they wanted to give you know, you know, a little ode to what Mr. Seinfeld later did. You know, recording the act. Yeah, yeah. Bob was doing his act mm-hmm. there. You know, it's so perfect, and in the in in that he's. Always, 
<laughs> he's playing this weird like when he's on stage, especially when it, there's these incredulous ones where like again baseball or smoke or cigarettes right. or tobacco. He's always play. He's essentially playing the straight man, but the straight man is just being forced into laughter. Like it just like this is like he's just laughing at how ridiculous this guy you can't hear is being. And it's perfect for being, like, the lead on a show where you're a psychologist who has to be this... With all the crazies. Yeah. In fact, once again, you're right, because on the TV show, he is the normal one, mm -hmm. surrounded by the patients <laughs> are all whack jobs, mm -hmm. and his next-door neighbor, Bill Daly, <laughs> is a whack job. So, I mean, yes. So, it, talk, you know, everybody goes, you know, stand-up is this modern invention. You know, they forget, you know, Don Adams. Sure. You know... You know, Maxwell Smart was a, an extension of what he did on albums. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Newhart is a perfect example. You know, it does work when done right. Unfortunately, it did not work for Newhart's best friend, oddly enough, Don Rickles, the CPO Sharky. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Um, mm -hmm. Which is now out on DVD, so make sure you guys get that. It's supposed to be great. But he, you know, was in there insulting people, mm -hmm. and it just didn't work you know yeah. maybe it's the kind of thing we want to see once in a while i don't know maybe we don't want it in our home every week yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he tried it i mean he was doing his act you know he had mm -hmm. the puerto rican guy in the platoon and the tall guy and this guy and the black guy and mm -hmm. it, it didn't work yeah but new hard it worked um so several of the cuts we're going to play next are from a 1965 album called the windmills are weakening yes um in fact, I was doing some Wikipedia or Googling searching, and they said, if you know someone who's into stand-up comedy and loves Bob Newhart, The Windmills Are Weakening is the one CD they probably don't have. Yeah. In fact, in the early days before eBay, if you can remember those early days, kids, <laughs> that was a very hard album to come by. Yeah. I, I don't think, you know, the pressing certainly wasn't as big as yeah. the other one. Okay. You know, you go into a used record store... You're going to find a lot of Bob Newhart records mm -hmm. just by the fact that they, they sold a lot. So, therefore, you're going to find a lot of used copies. But um, Windmills was a very hard one to come by. So, we're going to play a couple of tracks. We're going to play three tracks. The first one is Edison's Greatest Invention. Again, mm -hmm. Bob loves <laughs> to take a look at history. And it's just, I mean, just just listen. Just listen. This is a thing on inventions and how it takes like uh, 30, 40 years before an invention is uh, really recognized as being a great invention. It's uh, about Edison. And Edison is very excited about this new invention he's come up with. And he calls all these newspaper people together in this totally dark room. And on a table is a bulb with a filament inside and a cord running out of it. And there's a guy working on a generator over in the corner. And uh, all the newspaper people pile in, and they, they say, what can this possibly be? And they're all kind of buzzing. And Edison walks in, and he takes a plug, and he plugs it into the generator, and this little bulb begins to glow, and glow, and glow, and glow, and finally it fills the entire room with light. Well, with this, the newspaper people run out. They want to file these stories right away, and Edison says, no, no, what, what, gentlemen, gentlemen, wait a minute, that, that isn't it. And he walks up to the bulb, and he says... Hello? <laughs> the next track on uh, from the Windmills Are Weakening album is the Upset Stomach commercial. You know, um, you know, commercials are great for parody, mm -hmm. and Newhart 
had a great time with that subject. Mm-hmm. And here's an, a track that is often uh, left off, but truly a, a great one. I enjoy taking commercials which bug me and changing the very last line of them and making them come out the way I would like them to end. This is a commercial you've seen many times. Uh, you see a guy, the phone rings. He picks up the phone and he says, Right, Mr. Johnson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be there in about half an hour. All right, sir. Goodbye. His wife comes in. She says, what happened? He says, they have a big sales meeting. I have to go and close the deal. And me with his upset stomach. I better do something about it and fast. And the next day, the wife picks up the phone and she says, John, how'd it go? It went great, honey. I was, I was just about to close the deal and I threw up on the guy. <laughs> the third track is probably my favorite track from the album is Superman and the Dry Cleaners. <laughs> uh, absurdity at the best. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just... The premise in, in one way is so simple... It's uh, it's kind of like obvious that you know I guess maybe Seinfeld didn't do it years later with his love of Superman. Right, right. But it's it's just so great, um, and he walks you through the scenario. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this odd observer from the outside trying to get his his handle on the situation, and it's a it's a great eavesdropping experience. Mm-hmm. So we're going to l- listen to Superman and the Dry Cleaners. You're, you're holding Lois Lane and unless we come up with a million dollars by tonight, we'll never see her again. She suggested I contact a Mr. S. <laughs> yes, I know what she means. <laughs> could, could I put you on hold for just a minute? I... I, I have a, a bit of a problem. He- hello? Hello, uh, B&W cleaners? Look, look th- this is Clark Kent, and the mild-mannered reporter, yes. I'm, I'm fine, fine, thank you. Listen, there's been a mix-up on my suits, and, and I, I need it. I, I have to go out on a job right now. I'm sure it's not my suit. Look, I brought it in this morning on one day service. Let me describe my suit to you. The cape is kind of a royal blue (laughs) with with white piping. And the leotards are are kind of... (laughs) are kind of an off blue. No, they're they're not my wife's, no. They're they're mine, I'm, I'm not married. What, what's that supposed to mean? This is what the internet had to say about Bob Newhart's This Is It, his final album from 1967. This Bob Newhart CD opens with a track many have probably not heard before, and perhaps ever, known as Prenatal Twins. So here, perhaps for the first time for you Newhart fans... Bob Newhart's prenatal twins bit. And where the hell does this cord go? Do you know where? (laughs) 
I don't know, maybe we're electric. I don't know what the hell is. They, uh, they, they both asleep? You're, you're sure they're asleep, huh? <laughs> She's getting him up, yeah? She's getting him up. <laughs> she said the baby just moved. Yeah, he, he's coming over to listen. Yeah, don't do anything when he comes over, right? <laughs> that poor soul's a nervous wreck, you know that one? <laughs> Boy, you forget the pill one night, it's bingo time, right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he going back to sleep now? There <laughs> we go. <laughs> Another track from that album is called Pussycat. <laughs> it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. I've had that one actually told to me as though, in the way that he even says it, it's kind of like this, uh, this, this folk legend sort of uh, that... Uh, as a result of telephone culture, which is interesting. So I, I, I want to know where this person heard it first, because they made it sound like they hadn't heard it from Bob Newhart. So I'm, I'm wondering, it, it's old enough that, you know, it's been passed around, but I, the way he sells it is perfect. Uh, it's kind of funny, too. See, uh, I, I, you never know at this period uh, where he's talking about, he's like, well, one of the characters is kind of effeminate. And I'm like, I was waiting for that to pay off. And he's like, no, nah, he just wanted to do a voice. Like, it's kind of, like he just wanted to do an effeminate voice, and it was funny. It, it did work. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, you know, there's no uh, nothing homophobic about it. But this is—it's fun. it's funny you mentioned that because uh, again, the same uh, Google entry said, "Pussycat is by today's standards very politically incorrect because of Newhart's uh, flaming queen voice effect in the routine about a gay uh, guy calling his brother and asking him to take care of his cat. Mm-hmm. The joke itself is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so, if... so, it's a nice change. It's an odd change yes, for Newhart, for sure. But it. Mm-hmm. I'm staying at the Astor Hotel, and how, how's Pussycat now? And the guy says, uh, Pussycat's dead. <laughs> but Pussycat, Pussycat is dead. Uh, well, it's, you know, it's certainly, certainly one way of, of telling someone their favorite, favorite cat has died. If you had any consideration for another person's feelings, you know, you might have might have made up some kind of story, you know, to sort of prepare me for news like that, and just telling someone their favorite cat has died, you know, like, um, oh, I don't know, you, any story, you could have, maybe a pussycat was playing with this ball on the roof and, you know, had fallen off the roof and hurt, hurt his little leg, you know, and then, and then the next night when I called, you could have explained that, uh, you know, that leg wasn't uh, getting any better, and if it, if it wasn't any better the next night, you know, you're going to take him to see this vet, you know, and then, and then the next night when I called, you know, you could have explained that you uh, you took him to see this vet, and and, and the vet gave uh, uh, gave Pussycat a shot, and uh, Pussycat had the bad reaction to the shot, and and had passed away uh, very peaceably during the night. You know, at least you know, at least then I would have been prepared for news like that. But to to just you know tell someone their favorite cat has died doesn't show an awful lot of consideration for another person's feelings. You know, he said, "How's uh, how's mother?" By the way. And the guy says, well, uh, uh, she was playing with this ball on the roof. <laughs> the last track is called Topless Clubs. Um, it's a little dated, you know, the idea of topless clubs. Mm-hmm. But the joke is, you know, investigating a trip to a topless club, you know, which now is no big deal. But back sure. then, <laughs> it was a big deal. So here we are with the last track. 
from Bob Newhart's This Is It, or at least the last track is selected by us from This Is It, called Topless Clubs. Yeah, this is a real nice place, Harry. It sure is, yeah. They, they must have great food here, huh? They do a hell of a luncheon business, don't they? Huh? <laughs> oh, hi. Hi, hi, hi miss. Um... Don't, don't stare at her, Harry. Just look at the table like I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I'd like a... I'd like a... Um, I'd like a, a, a scotch on the rocks. Water. Water, water will be fine. S- seven up, whatever you have. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> two, two seven up and water. That, that'll be fine, yeah. <laughs> is, she, is she gone? Is she gone? Yeah. Do, do you believe that, Harry? Did you see that? <laughs> oh, she must have been late for work. That's ridiculous. And you know something I really like about that track? Well, there's something that's missing is you can tell there's some facial acting that's going on that the audience is getting that we're not getting at all. And I'm like, shit, I really, I'm missing. I know he can play awkward so well and that you can tell that's what he's doing, but I really wish I could see that on his face. Yeah, all of Bob's new albums were recorded live and you know in person, Tahoe mm-hmm. and various venues you know around the country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you do you do sometimes lose a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but it's it's so minor. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of it is fantastic. There's a little bit of wordplay, and then just for the record, for the record, this this album is recorded in Vegas. I think he says at the beginning too, which is. Where he's like, well, it's not that shocking for maybe you guys out here, but uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's, and he's just saying, he gets people involved so easily. Yeah, like, he just, not lulls you, but he's just like, well, you know, I'm a regular guy, so you'll yes. keep listening to me. And it's it just is the so, everyman guy. So perfect. Yes. The, the everyman millionaire. Like, you never care that he's a millionaire. You don't care that this guy's super he, famous. Right, he, just by his, his dress, his demeanor, mm-hmm. his style, his pacing. Right. Yeah. He's he's again not a slick Vegas nightclub comedian. Right. You don't think of him. Sure. And you know, and he was a very, very successful Vegas headliner, but he's more you think of him coming to your hometown. Yeah. Rather than, oh, I'm going to see Bob in Vegas, even yeah. though he was very successful in Vegas for years. And the funny thing is you associate more if you're going to pick between him and his buddy Don Rickles, you think of Don Rickles if you're going to think of somebody who's like sort of adjacent to the brat, to the Rat Pack, sorry. Right. Uh, you don't think of Bob, but he was. I mean, he was friends with Frank Sinatra. Like, I mean, he's like he is yeah. like it's just he's just as much a part of that the, you know, that the side group as as Rickles was, but I think it's because Rickles is so coarse, like in his act, like I think it's just like that of course right. he hangs out with Sinatra. Bob Newhart now he wouldn't. Right. You know. But going on that point, yeah. If you look at YouTube, there are a great number of Bob Newhart, Dean Martin show oh, clips. Oh yeah, so I good mean, too. He was, yeah, he was. Dean loved him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a favorite of television in the sixties. So another track, which is very surprising, mm-hmm. again, was not on the anthology. Yeah, is an infinite number of monkeys. Yes, another <laughs> favorite. Again, taking a premise. Which is so obvious. So he took that premise <laughs> and just went with it. Yeah. And it is so great. And I'm kind of surprised that that, that cut was is not included on a Bob Newhart anthology. But it yeah. does make you 
want to go out and buy the their album so you can listen to their entirety. So it's, yeah. So I hope we're doing you guys a favor. So I go so. out and buy Bob Newhart's album. Bob Newhart strikes to get back mm-hmm. for the infinite number of monkeys. Now they're going to type a lot of gibberish, but eventually they will type all the great books. If they ever tried this, they would have to hire guys, you know, to check the, the monkeys to see if they were turning out anything worthwhile. <laughs> so, I would like to present a day in the life of uh, one of these monitors. Uh, Harry, I'm, I'm going to check Post 14, see if he's, he's got anything. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that poor devil's ever going to write anything, you know that? <laughs> Harry, hold on. Post 15 here has something. I think this is famous or something. Uh, to be or not to be, that is the gazillion plaque. I actually recently picked up, and we talked... I don't know if we talked that much about it when Rob Newhart was on the show, but I picked up Bob Newhart faces, Bob Newhart faces, Bob Newhart. There's a lot of really good stuff on that. Like, there's not, there's not a bad Bob Newhart album out there. I mean, but I'm just so shocked he made so many within that seven or eight year period, though. That's what's so crazy to me. Yeah, you, know, you, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I collect here in the Abraham Comedy Archives, we're surrounded by thousands of albums, mm-hmm. and people always say to me, "Do you listen to all these albums?" And the first thing I always say is. <laughs> this is a long pause ago. No, actually, the first thing they always say to me is, which always cracks me up, do you have a record player? And I go, no. And they look at me and go, of course I have a record player. But then people always say, do you listen to all these albums? And I always say, I do. And the first thing I always say is, oh my God, this is the worst piece of crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, wow, this is a great treat. Mm-hmm. And there's certain albums that belong in every comedy record collection. Yeah. Like, Red Fox has, say, 38 albums. Right. If you have three, mm-hmm. you have the set. Yep. You don't really yeah. need all 38. And they're expensive as shit, usually, to get a hold of. And so. I, even I, and I, I may have 31 of them, and if I get the other seven, I'm fine. But if I can live without those extra seven. Yeah, yeah. But New Heart had seven albums. It's like, get all seven. I mean, mm-hmm. they're really not a bad album. Yeah. You know, he, because he had such a, he didn't jump the shark. It's like the Beatles, you know. Mm-hmm. They had a small, finite number of albums, and they're all great. Yeah, it's like the early, um, also on Warner Brothers, um, Bill Cosby. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. The, that that whole run of Warner Brothers Cosby albums are all classics. Oh yeah, very few bad cuts. They're all great. So Newhart is is one of those guys. You know, he's is an important addition to your library. Get the whole thing. You will not be disappointed. Absolutely. Uh, we did talk about Bob Newhart faces um, Bob Newhart. Yeah. And a cu- we're going to play a cut from that album called Amateur Show Contestant. <laughs> which, again, it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Why didn't th- somebody else think of that? Right. Uh, great. <clears throat> great. Good evening, sir. I uh, I won the uh, regional finals so the amateur in uh, Latrobe, uh, Pennsylvania. And the uh, people there had this <clears throat> had this big telethon there for me, and they got my bus uh, bus fare here to uh, <clears throat> here to to New York and back uh, back 
to La Trobe. And for those people that um, want us to open up their hearts uh, for me, I'd like to do for you now the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, start, that means start it when I, when I move, <clears throat> move my head like on the, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five swans a-swimming, four, four, four golden rings, three, three, three turtles, <clears throat> three, three turtle doves, <laughs> Another uh, New Heart album is called Behind the Button Down Mind. You know, yes. but I think on the first album they said the the greatest since Attila the Hun. Yeah. Um, but here from Behind the Button Down Mind is Herb Philbrick, the Counter Spy, and mm-hmm. you know this is the era of Man from Uncle, James Bond. Mm-hmm. So he's in keeping with that. I, I wanted to tell you about a um, a show which was on, it was, um, uh, I led three lives. You know, that Herb Philbrick thing, where he used to talk to himself under his breath all the time. <laughs> and no one seemed to notice it. You know. And uh, anyway, they had about 39 episodes a year of this show. And it was on three years that I know, which would have been 127 episodes. No, 107 episodes, 117 episodes. <laughs> That's one reason I'm no longer an accountant. <laughs> Over a hundred episodes they had of the show. I had one uh, doubt about the show. I felt it lacked a certain realism. I felt in one of the episodes they should have showed a communist cell meeting. And one of the comrades should have stood up and said, uh, Say, is, uh, has anyone else ever noticed uh, whenever we assign Philbrick to anything, we all get arrested? <laughs> cheat here today because there's a Bob Newhart routine which I think is hilarious in keeping with many of his other routines the Mm -hmm. one-sided conversations is the air traffic controller yes which is not on a Bob Newhart album to the best of my knowledge this is from the Smothers Brothers show which I'm guessing is probably 1968 yeah so this is a special treat it's on YouTube but um, why it's not on a Bob Newhart album, I guess, because he had stopped doing albums by 1967. Sure. So this is called Bob Newhart. This is Bob Newhart's The Air Traffic Controller as heard on the Smothers Brothers oh, show. Okay, all right. United uh, 209. Yeah, we have radar contact. You're looking very good. Pan American 715. You, uh, you, you haven't seen United 209 up there anywhere, have you? <laughs> it's a big plane. It's one of... <laughs> One of those four engine jobs, it's uh, got United on the side. You, you can't miss it. Well, if you see him, would you tell him to call in? Yeah. yeah uh, uh, 715, we're pretty jammed up here. I, I'm going to have to put you in the holding pattern. How, how's, how's your visibility? Yeah, uh, look, look off to your left about three miles over San Bernardino. Yeah, do you see all the planes? Yeah, uh, just uh, take a place anywhere there. You, you can find some. <laughs> we'll, we'll call you back as soon as we have an opening. No, no, don't, don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> okay, you guys on the ground. Who, who wants to go up? Wait, wait a minute. Not all at once, guys. 
Wh which one of you guys have ever been up before? <laughs> All right, our final track is a rarity. It's um, We have gone into the depths of the Abraham Comedy Archives today, and we are pulling out a rare, one-of-a-kind acetate of Bob Newhart doing Paul Revere. I saw this. I said it's an acetate, I'll get it. You know, it could be a nice novelty. Pulled out all my Newhart albums. It was not on it. So this is truly a one-of-a-kind item. The only thing it said, Paul Revere from Age of Change, which could be a TV special or mm. industrial film, 1965. That's all we know. But we also know it's never been recorded, never been heard before. So this is a comedy on vinyl debut exclusive right here. Bob Newhart's Paul Revere routine. A blacksmith shop in revolutionary times where Paul Revere might one day have brought his horse in. Oh, hi, hi, Mr. Revere. Yeah, bringing your horse in for a checkup, huh? Gonna be going on a long trip? Yeah, it's... Uh, Always a good idea to have them checked out before you take a long trip. Well, let's, uh, let's put her up on the lift. Take, uh, take a look at the lube ticket on her. See if we can find out the last time she was serviced. No, I, I, mean, I mean by one of us. Uh-uh. You, uh, you want to get down here on the creeper with me? See, uh... You haven't been rotating in her shoes, you know. You see how the front pair there are wearing unevenly? Yeah, really, really ought to get her feet aligned. Well, what you actually need are new shoes, you know. No, no, it won't, won't take long at all. Just throw her on the Hennessy shoe changer over there. No, it doesn't have to be expensive. It depends on what you want to pay. Well, there's a inexpensive set over there, $3 a shoe. Why don't you take a look at them? They're what? They look like they're nailed to the floor. Huh. I would do a nutty thing like that. Here's a, here's a premium pair over here. Run you a little more. Well, see, there's the, you can see the shoe inside the shoe. You know, that's in case she picks up a nail, she won't swerve, you know. Keep keep right on going straight. You're, uh, you're what, going to ride her much? Uh, she is, huh? Well, you, you know what they say. I mean, you know, should a, should a woman have to worry about shoes? You know? No, that's, uh, that's all we got. Just the, uh, the premium set and the pair that's nailed, the, uh, the inexpensive set. Humple Dinkers? You never heard of them, huh? Yeah, they're they're a good shoe. Did I notice one? A light in the church tower just then? No, I don't don't think so. Um, Mr. Revere, you uh, you know that uh, Ben Franklin pretty well, don't you? Yeah, the the one with the square glasses. Uh, listen, is he all right upstairs? No, 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 no reason. Uh, ne next time we uh, we have a thunderstorm, watch him. Hey, hey, you're right. I did see a light in the church tower. 
One, one or two lights? Gee, I, I really didn't notice, Mr. Revere. Get get her off the lift? Uh, um, okay, Mr. Revere. Um, I, I wouldn't ride her too far with those shoes like that, Mr. Revere. Uh, Mr. Revere, I wouldn't ride her too far with those shoes like that. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. 